Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome to the Science of Success. Introducing your host, Matt Bodner. Welcome to the Science of Success. I'm your host, Matt Bodner. I'm an entrepreneur and investor in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm obsessed with the mindset of success and the psychology of peak performance. I've read hundreds of books, conducted countless hours of research and study, and I'm going to take you on a journey into the human mind and what makes peak performers tick, with a focus on always having our discussions rooted in psychological research and scientific fact, not opinion. Today, You're going to learn why news coverage makes school shootings more likely by a factor of more than 30 times, which is pretty insane. How someone can get stabbed to death in front of 38 people and no one does a thing. And why you should always point at the dude in the blue jacket and tell him to help you. If you missed last week's episode about weapons of influence, don't worry. I'll explain the series now, but you should absolutely go back and listen to it. And for those of you who were here last week, this is going to serve as a quick refresher on the topic. This is the third episode in a six-part series based on the best-selling book, Influence, by Robert Cialdini. If you love that book, you're going to find this to be a great refresher on the core concepts. And if you haven't read it yet, some of this stuff is going to blow your mind. So what are the six weapons of influence? Reciprocation, which we talked about two weeks ago, highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode, as well as the second one, which is consistency and commitment tendency, which we talked about last week. Social proof, which we're going to talk about today. Liking, authority, and scarcity. Each one of these weapons can be a powerful tool in your tool belt and something to watch out for when others try to wield them against you. Alone, each of them can create crazy outcomes in our lives and in social situations, but together or combined, they can result in huge impacts. 
In episode one, we talked about the biological limits of the human mind. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, you should really go back and check it out after you listen to the Weapons of Influence series, or even just after you listen to this particular podcast, because it explains how these automatic click-were responses get triggered when cognitive biases like social proof come into play. It explains how some of these evolutionarily beneficial traits and behaviors can sometimes result in crazy, ridiculous outcomes. In episode one, we talked about the example of the mother turkey uh, taking care of a polecat, which is which is uh, one of those examples. And in the last two episodes of Weapons of Influence, we've gone through dozens of, of research studies and examples that show how tiny little tweaks in behavior can result in substantial differences in outcome solely based on activating or triggering cognitive biases. So the Weapons of Influence series, and this is again the third part where we're going to talk about social proof, is really going to dig into the meat of some of the most powerful cognitive biases that can impact your mind. And we're going to learn how these can be used to manipulate you if you don't know how to defend against them and how they can be part of your arsenal if you learn how to harness them. Here's how Cialdini describes the impact of these weapons of influence. Quote, each principle has the ability to produce a distinct kind of automatic, mindless compliance from people. That is a willingness to say yes without thinking first. Today, we're going to talk about social proof. It's so powerful. It can literally override someone's desire to live. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what was going on? Maybe in a foreign country or a new city, and you get caught up in something and think, what am I supposed to do next? What am I supposed to do here? Do you ever have that tendency to look around and see what other people are doing? They probably know what to do, so you follow them, get in line, etc., right? That's social proof, and sometimes social proof can be totally conscious. If you're in a, if you're in a foreign country and you go, you, know, you go somewhere and you don't know where to stand, you don't know where to line up, you don't know how to eat your food, you don't know what the customs are, you look around and you figure out how, how's everybody else doing it, and you consciously imitate them. That's a conscious example of social proof, but there are also a number of ways social proof can manifest itself totally subconsciously. And like I said at the top, it is an incredibly powerful phenomenon, literally in many cases can override the desire to to live. Here's how Cialdini describes it in Influence, quote, this principle states that we determine what is correct by finding out what other people think is correct. The principle applies especially to the way we decide what constitutes correct behavior. We view a behavior as correct in a given situation to the degree that we see others performing it. This week is going to get a bit darker than some of the other weeks as we look at some of the crazy things social proof can motivate people to do. As I said before, it's literally so, so powerful that in some instances it can result in people committing suicide as a result of social proof. Here's another quote from Influence. Work like Phillips helps us appreciate the awesome influence of the behavior of similar others. Once the enormity of that force is recognized, it becomes possible to understand one of the most spectacular acts of compliance of our time, the mass suicide at Jonestown, Guyana. And if you remember, if you've ever heard of Jonestown, it's the the instance where a huge cult of people all drank cyanide laced Kool-Aid and killed themselves. And that's, that's what something that we will talk about in a minute, but something that is a, a striking and haunting example of the ridiculous power of social proof. So one of the, one of the most simple experiments, and it's just something, and it, it's a little bit more uplifting than some of these other ones, but, uh, I call it the dog terror experiment. And it was conducted in 1967 on nursery school age children. 
And they were chosen because specifically they were, they were terrified of dogs. And the experiment was really basic. Essentially, they had these children who were really scared of dogs watch a little boy play with a dog and have a lot of fun and be happy for 20 minutes a day. And these children, the, the, the result of just watching that video produced such a drastic change in these children that were terrified of dogs that after only four days, 67% of them were willing to climb in a playpen and play with a dog with being literally terrified of dogs four days earlier. And that shows you how someone who's very similar to you and similarity is one of the key drivers of social proof. People who are really similar to you, just watching a video of them doing something can, can subconsciously change your perception, right? And it can overcome phobias. That's how powerful social proof is as a phenomenon. The next instance of social proof, and this isn't necessarily an experiment, but it demonstrates a concept which is called pluralistic ignorance. And it's something that's pretty shocking, but uh, you may have heard of it if, if you've dug in or done much reading about psychology, but it's the infamous incident of Kitty Genovese. And I'll read you this quote from Influence. For more than half an hour, 38 respectable, law-abiding citizens in Queens watched a killer stalk and stab a woman in three separate attacks in Kew Gardens. Twice, the sound of their voices and the sudden glow of their bedroom lights interrupted him and frightened him off. Each time he returned, sought her out, and stabbed her again. Not one person telephoned the police during the assault. One witness called after the woman was dead. That was two weeks ago today, but Assistant Chief Inspector Frederick M. Wilson, in charge of the borough's detective activities and a veteran of 25 years of homicide investigations, is still shocked. He can give a matter-of-fact resuscitation of many murders, but the Kew Garden slang baffles him, not because it is a murder, but because, quote-unquote, good people failed to call the police, end quote. How does something like that happen? How does somebody get stabbed in front of 38 people and nobody does anything to stop it? Again, it's a phenomenon called pluralistic ignorance, and it's a manifestation of social proof. What happened in the, in the Kitty Genovese stabbing, and a lot of psychologists have talked about this, have researched this, have written about it, but essentially it's the idea, and I'm sure everybody has thought this or felt this at some time, if you've ever driven by somebody with their car broken down on the side of the road and you think, oh, somebody's going to help them, right? That's what pluralistic ignorance is. It's the idea that every one of those 38 people saw this happening, heard this happening, and they thought to themselves, somebody's got to be calling the police. Somebody's got to be doing something. You know, somebody else is helping, you know, and so I don't need to help or I don't want to help or I don't want to, you know, be another phone call to the police or whatever. But the reality is because every single person felt that way and thought the same thing, no one did anything. And she was murdered in front of 38 bystanders, all of them which could have potentially saved her life. That's pretty shocking. And it shows you how social proof can have a huge impact. Another similar experiment was conducted in Toronto in 1971. They had a single bystander, or they, they, they created situations where there was a single bystander, and then they had, they sort of created some kind of faux emergency situation. Somebody collapsed on the ground or something like that. In the instances where there was a single bystander, 90% of the time, the single person helped the person who was having some kind of emergency situation. In the instance where they then planted two passive bystanders to simply sit there and watch as the emergency situation, quote unquote, unfolded, in that instance, only 16% of people helped the person who looked like they were having the emergency situation. 
So if it happened to be one person walking down the street and this person collapses on the ground and is writhing around, 90% of the time that person is going to help the person who's who's on the ground struggling. But as if you just plant two people standing there and watching, only 16% of people will then help the person who's on the ground. And again, that's pluralistic ignorance manifesting itself. And it's an example of how social proof can shape our behavior, even if we're not cognizant of it, even at a subconscious level. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring the right person takes time. Time that you often don't have. But you shouldn't let a time crunch get in the way of finding the right candidates for your business. That's why LinkedIn is the best place to post your job. In fact, I was on LinkedIn Jobs this morning looking for candidates to fill a key role in one of my businesses. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with hard and soft skills you're looking for so that you can hire the right person quickly. You can look for things like collaboration, creativity, and adaptability, looking beyond just work skills and resumes to connect you with the candidates who are a perfect match for your business. That's how LinkedIn makes sure that your job post gets in front of the people you actually want to hire, because they have a much better ability to get a deep insight into exactly who is the right candidate for you and your business. Find the right person meant for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want, and the first $50 is on them. Just visit linkedin.com slash success. Again, that's linkedin.com slash success to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. The next example of social proof is something called the Werther Effect, or as I like to call it, why I don't like the evening news. The Werther Effect is this fascinating phenomenon where they discovered that every time a suicide is published in the news, there's a massive uptick in suicides and related suicides and suicides that are very similar to that particular kind. And I'll quote here from Influence, quote, The Werther Effect 
from examining suicide statistics of the United States between 1947 and 1968 found that within two months of every front page suicide story, an average of 58 more people than usual killed themselves. In a sense, each suicide story killed 58 people who otherwise would have gone on living. That's pretty wild. It's pretty fascinating. And they, again, that, they, they did a statistical analysis over a 20-year period where they controlled for seasonality, they controlled for age, they controlled for all these different factors. And they basically found that because of the idea that these people, you know, it's again, it's, it's about similar others, people who are like you. There's this subconscious tendency that as soon as you see somebody who's like you doing something, it suddenly kind of enters the realm of acceptable behavior or behavior that's okay for you to do. Or maybe it's like, oh, well, somebody just like me did this. Maybe it's something that I should be thinking about. Maybe it's something that I should be doing. And sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be bad. Sometimes it can be really, really bad. And and I'm, it's blows my mind. But you know, every every time they publish a front page story about a suicide, fifty eight more people than otherwise would have kill themselves. There's actually a related inference from the Werther effect, and I'm sure you might be thinking about it now, but I'll, I'll read this quote from Influence and then, and then we'll talk about it. Quote, Back in the 1970s, our attention was brought to the phenomenon in the form of airplane hijackings, which seemed to spread like airborne viruses. In the 1980s, our focus shifted to product tamperings, such as the famous case of Tylenol capsules injected with cyanide and Gerber baby food products laced with glass. According to FBI forensics experts, each nationally publicized incident of this sort spawned an average of 30 more incidents. More recently, we've been jolted by the specter of contagious mass murders occurring first in the workplace setting and then incredibly in the schools of our nation. I don't think that could be more timely or more relevant today when you think about the fact that I, you know, mass shootings have become something that everybody's talking about now in the United States. And it's amazing. Uh, but when you think about it, every time we publish and blow up and talk nonstop incessantly about these things, FBI research and statistical analysis has shown every time one of these events gets publicized, it creates 30 copycat events. That's mind blowing to me. And it's one of the reasons that, and maybe we'll talk about this in a future podcast, but I, I really, I don't read the local news. I don't read the evening news because it's filled with so much negativity, but I won't, I won't go down that rabbit hole right now. So what are the practical takeaways that we can, that we can learn about social proof and this incredibly powerful phenomenon? And how can we take these lessons and apply them to our daily lives? Remember, social proof is the conclusion that people often use others' behavior in order to decide how they should handle situations, especially when dealing with uncertainty. To quote Cialdini again, quote, The principle of social proof states that one important means that people use to decide what to believe or how to act in a situation is to look at what other people are believing or doing there. Powerful, imitative effects have been found among both children and adults and in such diverse activities as purchase decisions, charity donations, and phobia remission. The principle of social proof can be used to stimulate a person's compliance with a request by informing the person that many other individuals, the more the better, are or have been complying with it. Cialdini also nails the two most important implications of social proof in this quote. Quote, Social proof is most influential under two conditions. The first is uncertainty. When people are unsure, 
when the situation is ambiguous, they are more likely to attend to the actions of others and to accept those actions as correct. In ambiguous situations, for instance, the decisions of bystanders to help are much more influenced by the actions of other bystanders than when the situation is a clear-cut emergency. The second condition under which social proof is most influential is similarity. People are more inclined to follow the lead of similar others. So how do people make use of that? How do you see that manifesting itself in everyday life? Obviously, there's a lot of those negative consequences. One of the smaller ways that you see it or or one of the ways that people apply it in a sales context is through the use of testimonials or through the use of 50 million households can't be wrong that they're buying XYZ, right? Or when you see your friends doing something and you want to you want to do it as well, right? Trends in a lot of ways are kind of manifestations of social proof. But another way that you can kind of combat some of the implications of pluralistic ignorance, which is the the Kitty Genovese phenomenon that we talked about before, is by using specific call-outs. And here's what Cialdini says, quote, point directly at that person and no one else. You, sir, in the blue jacket, I need help. Call an ambulance. With that one utterance, you would dispel all the uncertainties that might prevent or delay help. With that one statement, you will have put the man in the blue jacket in the role of the rescuer, right? So if you're ever in a situation and it's an emergency and you're, you know, being robbed or being, you're choking or have some kind of medical situation and there's a group of people, single out an individual person, point to them and Ask them specifically to help you. That eliminates the pluralistic ignorance. That eliminates social proof from kind of combating people from potentially being able to help you. Another way that you can potentially use social proof to your advantage is by figuring out how to arrange group conditions if you're in a management context or something like that to leverage social proof for your benefit, right? You want to be able to kind of demonstrate, well, hey, here's Here's how XYZ is doing it. Here's how our competitors are doing it. Here's how similar others are doing it, right? Because similarity is one of the most powerful drivers of social proof. But there's a lot of applications of social proof in in day-to-day life and, and sales testimonials, all kinds of different things. And so it's something that has these huge social implications. If you think about school shootings, you think about mass suicide, all this type of stuff. But it also has a lot of implications in our day-to-day life. And it's something that it's really, really hard bias to combat. And one of the ways that you can defend yourself against it is kind of cultivating that ability to, to stop and say, hey, why am I, you know, why am I doing this? And, and if you catch yourself saying, well, everybody's doing this, so I should think about doing it too, that's a red flag. And that's something that you should really think about. Hey, hold on, pump the brakes. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe I should think this through and and, and more logically really come to a conclusion than just be influenced by similar others and and kind of fall prey to social proof. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Science of Success. If you enjoyed this, please go to scienceofsuccess.co, that's scienceofsuccess.co, and sign up for our email list. If you join, you're going to get every podcast sent to your inbox. You're going to get tons of awesome information, and we're going to be really excited to have you on the list. So please go to scienceofsuccess.co, that's scienceofsuccess.co, and join our email list. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Science of Success. We created this show to help you, our listeners, master evidence-based growth. I love hearing from listeners. If you want to reach out, share your story, or just say hi, shoot me an email. My email is matt at successpodcast.com. That's M-A-T-T at successpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I read and respond to every single listener email. 
I'm going to give you three reasons why you should sign up for our email list today by going to successpodcast.com, signing up right on the homepage. There's some incredible stuff that's only available to those on the email list, so be sure to sign up, including an exclusive curated weekly email from us called Mindset Monday, which is short, simple, filled with articles, stories, things that we found interesting and fascinating in the world of evidence-based growth in the last week. Next, you're getting an exclusive chance to shape the show, including voting on guests, submitting your own personal questions that we'll ask guests on air, and much more. Lastly, you're going to get a free guide we created based on listener demand, our most popular guide, which is called How to Organize and Remember Everything. You can get it completely for free, along with another surprise bonus guide by signing up and joining the email list today. Again, you can do that at successpodcast.com, sign up right at the homepage, or If you're on the go, just text the word SMARTER, S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Remember, the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to a friend, either live or online. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes because that helps boost the algorithm that helps us move up the iTunes rankings and helps more people discover the science of success. Don't forget, if you want to get all the incredible information we talk about in the show, links, transcripts, everything we discuss, and much more, be sure to check out our show notes. You can get those at successpodcast.com. Just hit the show notes button right at the top. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.